found the Winding Road Podcast, hosted by Jason and Isaac. We're two friends who are sitting in the driveway just chatting about cars over some drinks, while two of our favorite cars are sitting behind us shining in the sun. We never know where the conversation will go, but we hope you join us. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome back to the Winding Roads Podcast. Jason and Isaac back at it. Jason, I know you've got... um... You had a road trip recently, so we can get into that in a little bit. Top of your mind tonight uh, as we get started? Um, I feel like we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, I was on a trip recently, so we can get into that. Um, took a uh, road trip up to Cape Cod in the S3, which is probably the longest I've had that on a road trip. Okay. Um, but I'll get into this part later. Had some nice car settings up there, actually. Cool. But... Um, so yeah, we took the S3 up and, um, you know, the ride is a little bit rougher than I'd love and the seats are, I don't know, the seats are great, but for long drives are, aren't as comfortable, but I understand it's, you know, more, I love the way they look and it's more for you know, performance rather than comfort or not riding in a, an 83 Buick, you know, mm-hmm. plus seats anymore. Yeah, but for what it's worth, you know, for a six, eight, nine hour drive, most seats become uncomfortable at that point. True. Touche. Yeah, touche. You know, like uh, her seats are pretty comfortable and um, we've taken several road trips with it. And usually like by hour three or four, I'm ready to kind of get out and take a walk and rejuvenate myself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I was impressed. I mean, I'm impressed with this car. I was averaging, you know, on the highway, 80 miles an hour, like 31, 32 miles a gallon. Okay. um, Which is really which is cool to me because, you know, I think we've talked about this before in the podcast that I love a car. It just makes my personality, it makes me feel good to have something that can do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, if I want to have a great time, if I want to go to the track, if I want to hit up some winding roads, no pun intended on the podcast. <laughs> if I want to, you know, take a road trip and not have to pay, you know, ridiculous amounts of money for gas because it's so expensive right now. This car pretty much hits all those things. Uh, mm-hmm. We fit all of our luggage into it. A couple of times I hit up, you know, got triple digit speeds, just having a good time. For the most part, fairly comfortable and um, had no issues really. So yeah, I was like, really, I was really impressed with it. We stayed, went to Cape Cod. There's no hotels up there. They're more like B&Bs, mm-hmm. like old school B&Bs, not like Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. But you wind up talking to a lot of people whether you want to or not. And this particular place, we, we were, you know, it had like a porch and the parking lot was right there. You know, at night we would hang out there and just you know, have a drink or whatever and relax. And I noticed in the parking lot earlier in the day from Pennsylvania, because I didn't see any other Pennsylvania tags, just one Pennsylvania tag other than my own. And this guy had a BMW, I want to say the equivalent of a Q7. Okay. Not the M, not the not the, the X5, X5, but the X7. The they just came out with that last year or the year before. Yeah, I'm not very familiar with them, but I don't know if there's an M model or an uh, M line. There's an X7 M40 something or whatever. Like it's it's similar to like an SQ7, but yeah. So I I think that's what this was. Or like an M Sport. Those are massive. Those X7s are huge. But it's clear that this person was an enthusiast because like. He had the tires. Like we're in like I don't know, like a, like a dirt lot, and this guy has like tires shine on his wheels. Like I had did the same thing. I brought my my detail kit with me, 
And uh, so we had just randomly, Kelsey and I were talking, and these people were a couple couples down and I guess overheard us talking about our drive home and talking about Pennsylvania. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, like, blah, 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 Pennsylvania. And I was like, is that your BMW? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and then I, we were talking, and he's like, is that, you know, is that your S3 over there? And he's like, oh, I saw that in a parking lot. And Kelsey and his wife were, like, rolling their eyes. So, <laughs> and uh, they had a roof, like, one of those, like, roof rack things that you put luggage into. Mm-hmm. And her wife was like, okay. She said to me, you know, what would, what would you be concerned about? putting this on your car and like the the husband started to chime in she was like no 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 i'm asking him and i was like well i'd be concerned about like scratches like you know putting that on the top and then she was like oh my god blah, blah. so then that because that's what you know obviously this guy is the same way and it was just funny because like i picked that car out from a mile away and you know we kind of connected that way and it was it was fun but yeah he was telling me about that thing and that had, i think it's got a v8 in it probably and they were talking the same way. They're like, you know, that thing didn't get great at fuel economy, but they were talking about, you know, how much fun it was and all that stuff. So that was cool to interact with them. Um, one quick thing before I turn it over to you was, I think Kelsey's a great driver, um, but like I drove most of the way. And this mm-hmm. one, like I had turned over the reins, I don't know, after like four hours into the ride, I figured I'd shut my eyes for <laughs> And Kelsey knows how particular I am about driving like, that car. So she's like ultra like, careful. Um, but the brakes on that car are way more obviously touchy than an 06 Accord. And if you're mm-hmm. not used to driving it, it's like different. So like, at one point, you know, we're going 85, nine miles down the road and I've, I've got my eyes closed. And like, I guess the car in front of us, you know, braked a little bit and Kelsey hit the brakes, but it's magnified times 100 when you push the brakes in the S3. Like mm-hmm. my sunglasses went flying, and my, <laughs> my phone was on my lap, and it like flew onto the floorboard. I'm thinking we're like getting into Max. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> Woke me up out of my sleep. So nice. that was that, it was funny, but uh, yeah, that that it was a good trip. We had a lot of fun. I was going to ask you if she if she drove at all. Yeah, she drove a little bit on the way out, and on the way back, you know, she didn't really want to deal with. It's a pain to go through Connecticut and mm-hmm. and New York. Those mm-hmm. are like the it's like, you know, kind of, I don't want to say white knuckle, but a little bit white knuckle. Yeah. Um, so she, she was like, you know, get past that and then I'll drive. And once I got past there, I was having fun. I was like leaving it out and everything. I was like, this is great. I'm having a great time. And by the time I got tired, we only had like an hour, hour drive left. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'll just finish the ride. So I wound up driving all the way home. Okay. But it wasn't bad. I think we put, because we took a day trip also to um, Boston. And I okay. think I think we did almost a thousand miles on that trip. Okay. Nice. So yeah, it's all good. Brake lining um, warning has not appeared yet. Can you imagine so. if that would have come on while she was driving? God, that would have been funny. <laughs> it would actually it would have been really it would have been a good joke. Honestly, yeah, everything held up and no issues. It's a good car. I'm very happy with it. Cool. What's going on with you? What's new in your life? Uh, speaking of road trips, we are planning another few days out of town and this time we're going closer and i'm gonna try to take the cayman this time um but we're going to uh one of the finger lakes in new york oh cool and we're gonna do some like wine tastings and um maybe i I don't know there's one thing i'm debating on that sarah says i'm trying to talk myself out of it but Mm -hmm. 
at um, Watkins Glen, the racetrack, mm-hmm. they do have track days, but mm-hmm. none around when we're going to be there. Mm-hmm. But they also have something called Drive the Glen. And basically what you do is you follow a pace vehicle and ho- whoever else is there around the track. Um, you get three laps for $30, which is not much. Okay. And you take like three laps. So I've seen videos. It's hard to see, hard to tell in a video how quickly you're actually going because like I took a video when we were ATVing in, in New York a few months ago and mm-hmm. it looks like we're crawling, but we were actually doing like 30 miles an hour through the woods mm-hmm. uh, at like average speed. And so the sense of speed is hard to sense in a video. But the video that I was watching, it was this guy, he was following like, you know, two SUVs and something else. And there was another video, other video I, was, I saw where this dude's doing like probably 40 miles an hour around the corner and his wife's freaking out at him like, slow down, you're going to wreck this thing. It's uncontrollable and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh man, it's good she's not with me. <laughs> but um, I, was, I found a forum where a guy, it was a GTR forum, a guy asked about doing it. And some of the people were like, you know, it is fun. Um, you can kind of, ha- depending where you're at in the pack, you can kind of hang back a little bit. And then, you know, if you want to get an open straight, you can like accelerate and then get, yeah. catch up to everybody. Or like you can go around the corners and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, for $30, I kind of feel like I should do it. But at the same time, I was describing it to her and she's like, it sounds like you'll be bored mm-hmm. because you're not actually going to be able to really drive it. And it's probably true. So I'm, I haven't decided on that. It's something we can kind of like decide last minute. Um, yeah. But I am looking to, up, looking forward to taking it and just kind of enjoying, you know, the upstate New York uh, roads and, and things like that. So we're starting to plan that for a few days and, you know, who knows what else. Do you know when you, do you know when you're looking to do that? Yeah. Uh, end of September for our anniversary. That'd be nice around that time. Like fall foliage will probably start with that. Maybe yeah, I don't know if it's too early. That's kind of what we were thinking. Um, she's, we actually were supposed to go there last year, but had to cancel it last minute. But yeah, it's kind of like a combination of a couple of things. Like Ithaca's got some nice stuff like in town and you know it's going to be a good time of year the weather's going to be nice so you know looking forward to a few days away again yeah definitely it seems like that experience is probably just to say that you've been on the track yeah not so much like thrilling you can be like uh you know i've been on that that's cool right maybe if you drop 100 bucks in front of the instructor or whatever but you know maybe (laughs) they'll get you a couple extra you know miles per hour or something (laughs) yeah i don't know i think it also depends on like you know Maybe on certain days there's less people there, or maybe we're going to be there during peak season and it's going to be busy like every time. So I don't think you can really know ahead of time Mm -hmm. because like if there's you and three other cars, I'm sure they have a little bit more leniency than if it's a train of like 12 cars. Yeah. Have you ever thought about Pocono? I mean, I know that Pocono, I haven't looked much into it, but I know that it's not so much like a track day in the sense of like a road course, but I know that they allow you to bring your car on the track and I guess run it as hard as you can. I don't, but I don't, you know, I've been on there in the NASCAR experience where you ride with like a professional driver in the NASCAR. Have you ever done that? No. That's pretty I've heard cool of it too. though. It's pretty cool. You know, I did that you know, probably 20 years ago, but I don't know. I've always thought about. I, I don't. I don't know if that would be worth it or not to like run your car around a track like that because you're not getting like the twisties. You know, you're, you're 
you're doing more like an oval, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they've got a few configurations. Like in the infield, they've got uh, one, two, three, at least four different configurations where there's like it's part of the oval and also part of the infield where it's like a road, a road course. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are various groups that go and have track days there. You know, that's definitely something to consider. Uh, it's the same distance away for me as uh, the tracks in New Jersey. So mm. I would probably lean more towards New Jersey tracks. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. It just depends because, like, the one the one uh, loop at Pocono is, like, the one – it's, like, turn three and, mm-hmm. like, three turns inside of the infield, and that's it. It's mm-hmm. kind of, like – I think it would be not that exciting, mm-hmm. but there are other parts of the track that have different features to them. Track days are on my list of things to do in the car. but. Yeah it's getting a bit late in the year to do it anymore this year. So mm. maybe next year. You think Pocono is more geared towards like novice drivers? I don't know. I, I can't necessarily say that because it's probably still fun and, and somewhat challenging. Um, just depends on like what you're looking for. Like, I think that the New Jersey tracks would be a little bit more technical and challenging, but mm you know, you kind of have like the a little bit of banking at Pocono and I think it just depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. I can't say because I've never been to either one. So I, I probably shouldn't make assumptions. Back at the, on the Cape, Kelsey, uh, my lovely wife, got me, planned us a little car show, um, which is pretty cool. We got to check out a couple different cars. I saw, you know, what's like interesting to me is the Fiero. Mm. I know they had like oil burning problems and I think, you know, they had their prone to catching on fire, some of them, but there was one there and it was in good shape. And to me, it was like almost like a poor man supercar back in the eighties, you know, it had like a rear engine in it. And like, I like them. I think they're cool. Mm-hmm. I probably would drive them myself back for a toy. Um, I saw one there and then I saw um, a Tesla there's a Model S Plaid. Have okay. you heard of this? So like yeah. zero to 60 in like two seconds or something crazy like that. I don't know any of the stats, but I have heard of it. They came out with that recently. It's like their highest power one. Yeah. So this guy had a dash plaque, you know, on the, on the front of it. It said, you know, 22 Model S Plaid, zero to 60 in two seconds, 240. 16 mile an hour top speed, 396 miles of range, and a thousand plus wheel horsepower. Which, like to me, you know, my little S3 that probably does zero to 60 in you know five seconds or so is plenty fast. I can't even imagine what zero to 60 in two seconds feels like. It's a party trick. Like from what I've heard, after about three pulls, you kind of like start getting queasy and like. Really? Like nauseous. Yeah. Really? Like it like your the G's that your body is pulling to just consistently, you know, do acceleration runs like that, especially as a passenger. I just I've heard that, you know, it makes you nauseous and there it's just a bragging rights car. Like I have a lot of power mm-hmm. and a lot of numbers and stuff like that. And that's great and all, but a Chevy Volt will out accelerate a lot of cars, you know, up to like 40 miles an hour just because of the electric motors. It's how they're made. Like you yeah. know, it's, it's, 
Yeah, it's impressive, but I shouldn't be as excited as I was. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. I mean, there are people that like buy Hellcats and they like those because of the acceleration and things like that. That's what mm. they like. Or like today on my way home, I was passing a Jeep and it was like all off-roaded out and everything. Mm. And it said, your car may be fast, but mine can go anywhere. And I'm like, I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, it's just a matter of what you like. Does he actually take it off-road and go anywhere with it? Probably not. That's debatable. But, <laughs> you know, he's, that's the kind of stuff he's into or says he's into. And, you know, I like a different thing for my vehicle. You know, that person likes to be able to say that they have a lot of power and can accelerate quickly um, mm-hmm. and, and show off with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's, there's a seat for every butt, as I heard one time. And, <laughs> one time? <laughs> or a long time ago. Um, so, you know, while it doesn't really appeal to me, like there are people that it does appeal to. Not every person is going to like every car. If you show a smart for two to a lot of people, you know, they're going to be like, oh, that's too small. It looks like a death trap and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? If you're in the yeah. city and you want something that's easy to park, that's perfect for you. Yeah. No, I hear you. You're, you're not so much an SUV guy, right? That's an understatement. <laughs> Just indulge me here. What, okay. what are your thoughts on the Escalade V? Because they recently re- released an Escalade V, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, that's like, it's like a, you know, like a huge motor family hauler, and you're probably not going to like it. I think they're going to sell a lot of them. I don't really see the point, but mm. I don't see how it could be fun to have 7,000 pounds moving that quickly. Mm. <laughs> um, like, that's when you think about it, that's a lot of weight moving quickly mm-hmm. to try to stop mm-hmm. and or or maneuver. The Escalades weren't necessarily slow to begin with. Like they'll out accelerate the Mustangs that we had 20 years ago. You mm-hmm. know, the mm-hmm. this the standard Escalade with a six mm-hmm. liter V8. Mm-hmm. So why do you need more? I just I'll just I used to really like the power and like when I was a teenager. And mm-hmm. I was building a parts list for, for the Fox body that I never ended up getting. I mm-hmm. had a $20,000 parts list in mm-hmm. the late nineties mm-hmm. and it was like all the go fast parts, mm-hmm. you know, and because that's what I thought I wanted. And back then I probably would have really loved it, but it also wouldn't have been drivable. Like it would have <laughs> been, it wouldn't have, it would have been so like drag strip tuned that it wouldn't really be drivable on the street. I don't know. Like there's people that come in and, like to work and they they like having a powerful suv that can go quickly and even if i had if it was me and sarah and we had like four kids and a dog to haul around and i need a seven seat suv i don't want i don't care about driving fast in that that's not my priority like i'd rather have something that's actually quick and fun to drive and nimble that i can do you know by myself for the two of us a car does not have to do all things like, mm-hmm. you know, you, your SUV doesn't also have to be a drag strip car and it also doesn't have to put down fast Nürburgring times. And mm-hmm. it also doesn't have to get good gas mileage and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like why can an SUV be a family hauler that has a lot of room and does what you need it to do and like can tow a boat. And mm-hmm. why can't your sports car be a sports car? Why does your SUV have to be a, have to try to be a sports car? I get it. I hear what you're saying. I think to me, I appreciate the fact that... Here's one for you. Have you ever tried to run in hiking boots? Yes. How fun was it? Not fun. Okay. 
That's like an example I can to me. That's like valid, valid point. Like to me, a uh, seven seat SUV with tons of power um, and like 24 inch wheels and whatever that to me is like putting on combat boots and trying to run a marathon or trying to do like uh, agility and track, like field, track and field or something, you know, you're, yeah. you're using the wrong footwear for the purpose. I like, I like your analogy and it's valid. I think me, I, I'm just happy that that stuff is existing in, yeah. in like in the mainstream manufacturers and not, okay. and we're not going all towards like, you know, green power and four cylinder turbocharged everything. I guess that's my point. That's fair. Yeah. I just like that. That stuff still is still around and maybe it's because they're doing that stuff because there's going to be a day when it's not and they're just trying mm-hmm. to get it out there make sales. I don't know. Or collectibles. Right. I doubt it was going to buy one of these things and put it in the garage to collect it. No, I don't think so. I think it goes back to what we talked about a few podcasts ago where people like the niceties that an SUV typically brings. They don't have to necessarily sacrifice to have a fun car anymore because this mm. car is powerful. And with new suspension tricks and computers and things like that it can be impressive for how big and heavy it is and the sacrifice isn't there like you don't have to sit five inches off the ground and you don't have to you know have a sports car that you can use three or four months a year according to most people and mm. stuff like that and so like mm. they can have their cake and eat it too and so that's why a lot of these high power large suvs um are hits because people are getting they they see it as getting everything in one package that's mostly true. It's just not the car for me. What about that Mustang I sent you the other day? <laughs> you didn't seem too thrilled about it. That I don't 01, remember that. It was an 01 Mustang. I think it had like, I don't know, 20,000 miles on it or something. Yeah, I didn't really see the point. It was a, it was a Cobra, but I forget what they were asking for it. 25. Yeah, which was like back in the, not back in the day, but years ago, that was like 2003, 2004 Cobra Mustang territory because they were all supercharged and it was a little bit more, I think, in demand than the 2001s were. And now it's just like they're the same amount of money. Yeah. I was, I, I was toying with the idea. I was like, maybe I'll get myself another like a Cobra, like, you know, take it out on the weekends. Yeah, I think you could find one that's 80% of what that car is as far as mm-hmm. like condition and mileage and things like that mm-hmm. for half the price or what does that give you as a like that was a naturally aspirated cobra okay yeah yep. what does that give you for 25 grand that uh same year mustang gt for 10 grand can't true do you know what it is to me they're tail lights <laughs> you know you can buy those separately <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's it's not the same. Sure it is. Buy them off the part shelf. Same part number. Same car. <laughs> I know. Tell you that what. Would... <laughs> tell you what. I'll find an 01 Mustang GT, and I'll put those taillights in it, and I'll sell it to you for twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> find me a dark shadow gray. Because because <laughs> I, I think those naturally aspirated Cobras were two ninety horsepower. 
Probably, yeah. Because well, yeah, they were because they were the thirty-two or, valves or three hundred. Because well, the remember, supercharged ones were no, the supercharger ones were three ninety, and those were yeah. three twenty. Okay, so you got sixty horsepower bump over a GT, and yeah. that generation, those Cobras still had the straight axle, right? Yes. Okay, so you're not getting the Terminator uh, independent rear end. You're not getting the supercharged horsepower. Like I feel like you could get a GT with, in nice condition for maybe ten or twelve, and then put five or six grand into power adders and you're right out the same amount of power as a cobra yeah but like do they sound any different with that with the 32 valve versus the two the two valves on them i think they're pretty similar like i think if mm. you were standing next to it and they had the same exhaust you could hear the differences but just driving by i don't think you can hear the difference if you were standing in a parking lot along a road mm. and you just heard a car go by mm. you can tell when a car is a mustang Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have a different sound than a Chevy small block, right? You know, so like I can pick that out. Mm-hmm. What I can't pick out is was that a Cobra, or was yeah. that a five O push rod, or True. was that a modular four point six liter? Mm-hmm. They're all like they were all kind of designed to sound very similar. Not worth the price increase, basically. For me, no. Yeah, like I for agree. me, I'd rather spend twenty five on something else. You're deflating my dreams over here. That's my goal in life: is deflate your dreams. I'm also going to buy myself a, a Mazda 3 hatchback for over what it costs new. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong because there are a lot of people that think my opinion about the Escalade V is wrong. That's fine. I'm never going to buy one of those. That's, you know, but some people would also never buy my car because, you know, it's tiny. Oh. There's not a lot of room inside. They imagine the maintenance is really high. It's 16 years old. Like there are a lot, there are a lot of people that wouldn't drive my car, especially drive it every day. That's like, the beauty about car culture, though. Right. Like, I'm not trying to tell you you're wrong or anything like that. It's just, for my money, I would put it somewhere else. For 18, I'm like, it's got to be a Terminator. I, I don't think you would find a Terminator for 18 even years ago. They were like 25, 30 with low miles on them, which I never understood because the interiors of those cars aren't that... Great. It's still it's like a V6 all, Mustang interior. It's all plastic. Yeah, it's like you might have like a suede, you know, a suede gear shift knob or maybe some suede seats. But at the end of the day, it's yeah. pretty plain. Right. So like the profit margin on those things for Ford was probably pretty good. Like if you think about it, the, you know, the GT500 current model, while the current Mustangs are a lot nicer than they used to be, like mm-hmm. you can spend what, $26,000, $27,000 on a base Mustang, mm-hmm. and you jump into, what, a $90,000 GT500, and the average person, if you told them to guess the price difference between the two interiors, I bet you they'd say it was $10,000 different. If, probably. That, if they that. even notice a difference, like the average person riding in right. that car would probably be like, oh, just, yeah. like, I can't even tell a difference in this car. Yeah, like if you put your Aunt Sally in there and took her yeah. for a drive, or not even yeah. took her for a drive, you just put your Aunt Sally in there, said, hey, this is my new Mustang. And then uh, she's like, oh, okay, this is nice, blah, blah. Mm. And yeah, I paid $25,000 for it. Oh, okay, it's a nice car. You know, mm. and then you put her, you walk her right next door. It's like, well, I was thinking about getting this car too. So I want to sit in this car. And it's like, oh, this is really nice, you know. And then you say, okay, well, how much do you think it will be? And she, uh, maybe like 28, 30, something like that. You know, 
No, it was actually yeah. like ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, that's like that's a huge discrepancy. You know what I mean? So I think you're right. Like, and are you telling me that the engine is worth forty thousand dollars? No, no. Okay, engine, suspension, brakes. Nah, no, not not forty thousand dollars different. Nope. But they know. I mean, you know, they know that you pay for it if you're yep in the market for it. One car I always thought was way overpriced used was like in the mid 2000s, like 10, 15 years ago, when I would see STIs and Evos on sale that had like 30,000 miles on them Mm -hmm. selling for almost the same as when they were new, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I just couldn't see it. Like I remember seeing listings for an Evo that had 30,000 miles on it. And they wanted like $34,000 and that's what they were new. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, cause you know, someone bought it and more than likely beat the crap out of it. If it's not modded, they still probably beat the crap out of it. But now you're going to yeah. buy this car that has my, like, why not buy a new one for the same price? Yeah. Unless, unless it was one of the, like, the body styles that the, an enthusiast really wanted. Mm-hmm. But even those interiors on both those cars are plain. Oh yeah, this is the Evo especially because yeah. that was that was really a cheap interior because it's a Mitsubishi. Yeah, and I like you know if I was if you were going to I don't know if I would buy either one of those cars, but if you were going, I'm talking like the generation that we're talking about right now, like earlier in you know mid two thousands, I'd probably go Evo over STI. Just personal preference, I just like the way they look better. Okay. I never I was, liked the huge wings on them. Either one right. of those things. I think it's yeah. too body. Yeah, of the two, I always preferred theoretically the STI because the all-wheel drive system was more rear-wheel drive mm. based, whereas the um, the Evo was more like um, an Audi um, S3 system where it's front-wheel drive with a little bit of rear assist. Now, mm-hmm. granted, they also did have a center diff, so it physically sent more power back to the rear than than the Audi system or the Ford, like the, the Haldex system that's in, you know, the, say the Focus RS or something like that. The RS has an, a, a Haldex system as well? Yeah. Yeah, Ford owns, at least they used to own the rights to Haldex. Really? Yeah, they licensed Haldex to Audi and Volkswagen to use for Four Motion and Quattro. They actually huh. bought, from what I understand, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Haldex started with Volvo, Ford bought Volvo, and therefore Haldex. Okay. And then they licensed it to other companies to use that type of system. Makes sense. Now, I'm not saying all Audi Quattro systems. I'm saying like the right. front-wheel drive base cars, like the A3, yeah. S3, RS3, right. those mo- the Q3, those models, and all of the Volkswagen stuff, any of the Volkswagen or Audis with the longitudinal engines. So like the A4, mm-hmm. those all have a different style. So the Evo did have a center diff that did more than the average all-wheel drive system of the day. Mm-hmm. And they did drive a lot like each other. And obviously they were fierce competitors and rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. What I did like about the Evo is you get like the, the, 
either the GSR or the MR, and it was like wingless. It just had the little ducktail on the trunk. Yes, yes. It had the stupid vortex generators on the roof, but whatever. I hated that. Stupid. Yeah. I thought about putting them on the Cayman, actually. Oh, no, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put them on the roof, and I'll put them on top of the spoiler. So when the spoiler lifts at 70 miles an hour, it also has vortex generators on the wing. Please don't do that. (laughs) That'd be sick. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You should probably order that tonight after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough of that. Uh, we'll wrap it up for the night, and we hope to see you guys again next week. Thanks again for joining us. You can reach us by email at windingroadspodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at windingroadspodcast. We look forward to hearing from you. We would love it if you could rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, enjoy the drive.